Hello and welcome to Stoppage Time, the brand new football podcast from Surrey FA, brought to you by Capital Content. For our first ever episode, we're joined by Football League Assistant Referee Andy Bennett. Andy's also the chairman of the Woking Referee Society and has worked his way up through the grassroots game to the dizzying heights of the Football League. And he'll run the line at that level for the first time when the 2020-21 season eventually kicks off. Andy, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. It's great to have you. So, Andy, we're we're going to cover a few things today. But first of all, just talk us through your journey in officiating. How did you get to the Football League? Wow. Um, Yeah, quite a a long journey. Um, And there were some good things and bad things along the way. But uh, yeah, originally I, uh, I was a as most match officials tend to be, I was a player. Um, I was uh, I was a goalkeeper. Um, as you know, most goalkeepers have uh, a big mouth and not much else between the ears. So uh, had uh, had a lot of fun growing up as a goalkeeper and questioning a lot of uh, a lot of decisions by uh, referees and linesmen, as they were called at the time. Um, worked my way up through sort of semi-professional level. Played at a half decent level. Um, but then one day, uh, back up in my native Derbyshire where I was playing, there was a, an old guy, an old referee, a guy called Ralph Morton, who's a bit of a legend up in those parts and is still going strong today at like 80 years of age, an absolute character. And he was always the kind of referee that after 10 minutes of any game, he knew every player's name on pitch. It was incredible. I could never work it out how he did it. Um, and he came up to me one day and he went, Andy, he says, you're a good player, he says, but you should go and do the referees course because you're a bloody nightmare. So go and do it. And if you, you know, if you think you're good enough, you should go and do it. So eventually, when I ended ended my playing career, uh, started my refereeing course down here um, with Sorry FA in 2012, and I thought, right, I'll go and do it. So I did the course, um, and then did my first games as as all new match officials do, and started on uh, leagues that. All of all of the listeners will will probably know and have officiated on themselves or still do. So, first games I did were in the Surrey Youth League um, with Alan Wiggins, who was the referee secretary at the time. A really really nice guy, really helpful. Um, then I was doing games on the Guildford and Woking Alliance in the Surrey County Intermediate League uh, for Aidy Freeman, another great guy, supporting me all the way through. Um, Surrey FA's very own Lord Bob Dick uh, with the Surrey Enhanced Border <laughs> League. Um, he was also uh, really accommodating and really helpful in getting me games. And at the same time as I was doing all those as a referee, um, I was also running the line uh, on the combined counties, uh, which again, most of the listeners will will know or have been to watch a game on or have officiated on. Um, and Phil Nash was the assistant referee secretary. So that was my level seven start. Uh, I did my level seven to level five promotion in the first year, did the, the double jump kind of thing. So I was lucky enough to to gain my promotion to level five after the first season. Um, then started refereeing at level five to level four, uh, doing my promotion there. And again, was lucky enough to get promoted in the first season. It must have been a, a terrible season for promoting referees that year, but somehow I managed to get through. Um, and then once you get to level four, that takes you into the the semi-professional game, if you like, and being owned by the FA as opposed to getting your appointments through leagues run by the county FAs. Um, 
so my level four refereeing career started on the combined counties so i'd been running the line previously but then went into to refereeing um massively different set of expectations you know on there for from both clubs and player perspectives um obviously a lot more observations from observers so i had to learn how to how to work with them uh, and how to sort of get the get the best out of them if you like there was more crowds there was more people watching games people were paying money to paying real money to come in and watch a game of football that i was refereeing um and at the same time when you're a level four referee that means you can also go and run the line uh, on the contrib uh contributory league football uh, and to level three referees so part of my journey there was whilst i was running the line as a level four to a level three referee uh, it enabled me to watch the level threes and learn from them uh, watch how they manage situations uh, how they ran the game how they conducted themselves um, and you can take little bits and pieces from each referee that you work with some good some not so good um, but that helped me massively i suppose uh, in terms of that um, and martin etheridge was or still is but was at the time the referee secretary uh, for the combined counties and he was a, he was a massive help to me moving through there um i stayed one year on the combined counties um got promoted to level three in my first season um again must have been a, a dry season for for quality officials but yeah managed to get through there and when you get to level three it really is a it's a massive step into big boys and big girls football if you like um you know you you are suddenly dealing with much bigger crowds bigger games better players players that are not only making their way up through the game but some players that have played professionally and are working their way back down through the leagues um, and working with teams to and clubs to help them with their experience so you're dealing with quite a lot of players and managers who have had professional football experience um, as a level three referee as well you get to run the line as an assistant referee uh, in the national league so that would be national league south uh, for our area and obviously for those back up north it's the national league north and also when you get to level three uh sorry this is a long answer isn't it but when you get back to level <laughs> three, when you get to level three as well you also uh become uh or you have the opportunity to be a fourth official on the national league premier um so again that's a massive step up from you know football where you may be getting perhaps 50 60 people at combined counties league level to the season after going to i remember my first game as a fourth official was at aldershot town um i think there were three thousand people in there i'd never done a fourth fourth official wow. role in my life um never even on a, a county cup game or in any sort of practice games or anything like that i'd never held a board didn't know what to do um and i remember it being a three o'clock kickoff and i must have arrived at aldershot about 11 o'clock in the morning i was absolutely i was a nervous wreck and I remember getting to the car park and one of the stewards had looked at me and he was in the car and he was like, well, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, just come to be the fourth official. Um, so that that was a that was an amazing learning experience as well. Um, but to, to be involved at that at that level is fantastic. Um, and I spent three levels, uh, sorry, three seasons as a level three referee, um, managed to get some, you know, some really good games in across those three, three seasons. Um, and this year um i've had the opportunity to choose the pathway that you get to choose at level three uh, after three years of being a level three referee you 
can have the opportunity to choose whether you stay as a referee or if you want to move towards the assistant referee pathway. Um, and I always felt that I was probably a, a better assistant referee than I was an actual referee in the middle. Um, but I've been fortunate at both to be to have some really amazing experiences. So that's where we find find me today with your very kind words at the beginning saying uh, football league official. It still hasn't sunk in really and it won't until the first game. But um, it's been quite a quite a quick journey in many ways, I suppose, starting in 2012 and where are we now? 2020. So only eight years. And believe me, if I can do it, then anybody can do it. Um, trust me, it's uh, with the right application. It's pretty easy to it's pretty easy to get there if you've got the right attitude and the right application. I think. Anyway, that was a long answer, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, th I think as as you sort of alluded to, you know, that is quite inspirational for our for our referees and any any referees out there. How quickly you've gone about that process. Um, I and I know you mentioned, uh, you know, your decision making process as to why you decided to sort of go into the route of being um, an assistant referee. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm. I suppose I'm. I could be classed as one of the older farts now. I'm. I'm 43. I'm 43 in a couple of months' time. Um, and whilst that's not particularly old, old, um, there is a lot of opportunity now for, you know, our younger referees, both male and female. And at 40, nearly 43, the opportunity to operate at one of the highest levels of the professional game in terms of the you know the EFL um, it's too good an opportunity for somebody at my age to to turn down um, I was also fortunate to be offered um, a referee promotion to level 2b at the end of this season as well um, I did politely decline that because I felt that the assistant referee route was was the most suitable for me I think and probably one that was you know a more mentally satisfying for me as well um but in terms of you know the 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 opportunity to do to operate at those both levels it is you know was, was very flattering um but for me it was always going to be the assistant referee route just with with my age taken into consideration i think if that makes sense yeah yeah definitely definitely um I mean, another side of it, which which probably people people don't think about so much, and maybe becomes more of a, a factor as as you're sort of going into the professional game as you are, um, is the challenge of of combining a full time role because you, you work full time mm -hmm. around your commitments with with officiating. Sure. How, how have you found that? Has it has it been a gradual process over the years? Uh, many people can't believe that I can hold down a full time job if I'm honest. <laughs> so uh, that, that's uh, that's a, that's the first uh, that's the first surprise. I think, um, in all seriousness, um, it is it is a challenge, and I'm very fortunate in so much as the job that I do. I'm a I'm a national sales manager for for a, a beer importer. Um, but don't worry, I'm not always drunk. I'm not a very good drinker, so that that's uh, that, that's fine. Um, I'm very fortunate in the role that I have is I manage a team of people, but I also have a very understanding boss who loves football himself and tends to actually want to know more about the games of football that I'm involved in than what I'm doing with work, which is uh, which is nice. Um, I'm, I get the opportunity to manage my own diary. Um, so if I want to work from home, even before, you know, the, uh, the, the, the pandemic struck um, over the last... I've been involved in the drinks industry for nearly 20 years now. So 
I've been in a sales role where I can manage my diary, work from home when I need to, make appointments around the country when I need to, and I manage my football diary around that. Um, and the FA are also very open and understanding in terms of if I'm in a different part of the country, say if I'm in Manchester or Newcastle or Bristol, I can actually open my diary to let them know that I'm in a different area, um, perhaps for an evening, um, and they would also give me a midweek game in that area. So I could have a meeting in Bristol at lunchtime, 12 o'clock, but still get appointed to a game in that part of the world in the evening, and that works. So that means I don't miss out on, on football uh, that way either. Um, you've got to be really good at managing your own diary, but also the admin side with the FA as well. Uh, both at county level for, for your county cup games uh, and also, uh, you know, with for, for the FA with the with the MOAS system that, that we have. Um, I've been caught out a couple of times at the start of that where I didn't keep things up to date and uh, it came back to bite me on the backside. And quite rightly, you get a you get a little bit of a tap on the wrist from from certain sections. Uh, and that tends to make sure that you, you don't make the same mistake again. But yeah, absolutely incredibly lucky to do a job that I enjoy doing, but also have the ability to be able to manage football around that as well. Whereas I appreciate a lot of your listeners, if they're match officials, that they may be working in an office or they may be doing shift work or they may, may work in a factory and they haven't got the ability to be able to manage their time as well. So therefore, it may only be a, a weekend where they're available as opposed to a weekday as well. So. Yeah, I'm really, uh, I'm really lucky in terms of that as well. Um, and I've also got sort of, I wear other hats in terms of how I, uh, other things that I do in football as well. I'm, I'm part of the FA Southern Core Group where I'm now coaching. Um, I do some coaching for the Surrey Development Group with Tim Lawrence and his team, um, where I look after uh, a couple of uh, younger officials. Um, got a level level six to level five referee and a, a first year level four referee that I'm, I'm doing some work with. And you alluded at the beginning when you introduced me to my work as chairman of uh, the Woking Referees Association, uh, Referee Society. Um, so I'm very, uh, pretty much when I'm not working uh, and when I'm not actually at a game, it's probably mostly football that I'm involved with as well. So uh, there's a lot of good things going on. Um, but surprisingly, I don't drink as much as I should do, really, after all that, <laughs> that, that, that workload. But yeah, I've got a lot going on, but I'm yeah. just about able to manage it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. Well, you are a busy man, so I'm going to make these next. I've got, got a couple more questions and we'll, we'll Go on. try and make these more quick fire ones. So yeah. first does, of all... Does that mean shut up a little bit? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, right. So if you could give one piece of advice um or you know a couple if you need to um to grassroots referees uh that could be practical or or in terms of them progressing what would that be uh well good question um it's probably going to be more than one but i will i'll, I'll keep yeah. it brief i promise um first of all know the laws of the game it's really important don't think that you can get away with it when you can't know the laws of the game inside out it might be a bit sad to sit there with your laws of the game, but one night when you've got nothing going on, but do it because it's really important. Um, I think the other things for me would be smile when you're out there refereeing, not when you're cautioning or sending off necessary. That probably wouldn't be a good thing, but <laughs> smile, be yourself, be human. Don't be a robot. Use your personality. Players, managers, 
the crowd that are there, whether it be the guy or the, the lady walking the dog, or it may be somebody that's paid 10, 12, 15 pounds to come in and watch that game. They appreciate a referee who's got a personality and also an empathy for the game. I think that's really important. Um, I think you should learn from your errors, listen to your observers, uh, take their feedback on board. Um, if you get an observation, don't just go straight to the mark and look at it. Actually read what the observers have written, because although you may not agree with what they say at the time, actually, when you reflect on it, they're here to help us and not hinder us. Um, so you should never be afraid of critiquing your own performance. Um, were you good enough for that game of football? Did you use all the tools that are available? Do you speak to other colleagues, refereeing colleagues? Do you watch your games if they're filmed more and more games at whatever level now? Even, you know, some Sunday league games, people take a video camera, stick it up on YouTube and you can go and watch that game and you can see how you look because an incident that happens in the game may feel different to actually what you see on the screen. Um, if you're on social media, just be careful and think about what you post and when you post it. Um, if you wouldn't send it to your mum or your nan, then you probably shouldn't post it, to be honest. Um, but just think about you've got a responsibility there. Um, and the last one really is be fit to referee and don't referee to be fit. Um, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but I would definitely go along with all of those. Hope that kind of makes some kind of sense. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And you've sort of alluded to there, um, you know, that uh, sort of improvement process, the learning process there. So I'm, I am going to have to ask you, what's been your best game? What's been your worst <laughs> game? <laughs> um, I'll be, uh, what's been my best game? Um, I suppose it's difficult to define best because best means different things to different people. I always remember my first games at every level. I remember my, I remember my very first game when I qualified refereeing and I was, you know, in the middle of a, a youth team game. Uh, I remember my first game at combined counties level when I was a level four, my first game, it was Abbey Rangers versus CB Hounslow. And there was a red card for violent conduct in there as well, which was correct. Um, so I remember that one for, for sort of varying different reasons. Uh, I remember my first game at level three, which was at Car Shorten Athletic versus Hastings United. Um, with two great colleagues on the line, Derek Lang and Gary Hodgkinson, who helped me massively that day as well. You need a good team around you. Um, I think running the line as well, a couple of games stand out. I was fortunate enough when I was a level four referee to be appointed to the Isthmian League, uh, Isthmian Premier League playoff final, uh, which is Bognor Regis versus Dulwich Hamlet. Uh, there was three and a half thousand people in that game. Uh, that was an amazing um, first time I'd ever stepped out in front of a crowd of anything like that size um, and last not the season that's just been curtailed short but the season before my first year on the line at panel select was standout game for me it was going to Leighton Orient obviously you know not long out of the football league um, they were first in the league at the time they got promoted that year um, Leighton Orient versus Fylde when Fylde were third and there was 7,000 people in for that game on a Tuesday night under the floodlights. And that was a that makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck when you walk out and the crowd go mad. Uh, you know, to, when, when the players and the teams walk out, that, that's a pretty cool experience. Um, worst games, there's been a few, trust me. Uh, <laughs> there's been a few. Um, there's probably the Surrey Sunday Premier County Cup final in 2016. 
Um, just been promoted to level four, just got my level four promotion. Was fortunate to be given a county cup final by uh, by the guys at Surrey FA. Uh, British Airways versus Barnes played at Gander Green Lane at Sutton United. And I was abysmal, literally abysmal, um, dreadful. Um, I can't even put it into words. I should have given a dog's eye red card to one of the goalkeepers. I gave a yellow, kept him on the field of play. Um, I was probably quite cocky throughout the game as well. Thought I'd made it, got my level four promotion. I was like, yes, here we go. This is it. Made it. Thought I was brilliant. Thought I was Howard Webb. Um, I definitely wasn't Howard Webb. Um, and the observer on the game, although the mark didn't count, the observer on the game, um, highly experienced observer who also observed on the contrib as well. Uh, he rightly slammed me for that game. And I think it made me realise then that I was nowhere near as good as what I thought I was. Um, so that's a bit of a come down. And there was another game on the line um, two years ago. It was a Premier League two game, um, Spurs versus West Ham. Um, it was my first season as an assistant referee on the panel select at the level that I'm just being promoted from now. And the game was in August, right at the start of the season, Tuesday night, straight from work. Um, and I gave an incorrect offside decision that cost a team a goal. And it was in the 96th minute. And the TV replay footage that is sent to us afterwards showed that it was, I mean, it was so wrong, it would probably, uh, I can't even describe it. It was, it, was, it was genuinely disgusting. It was that disgusting a decision. It was embarrassing. Um, and that one mark, even though it was in August, that one mark cost me a place on the Football League for this season, just gone. Mm. Um, so you have to mentally sort of go through the remainder of the season, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, thinking, God, if only I hadn't put that flag up. Um, and that probably cost me, that genuinely definitely cost me a, a place on the Football League. So luckily I've managed to rectify that this season, but, you know, that's the season that I'll never get back. So things like that do stick in the memory. It's a bit photographic when you think about things like that. And I still watch those games occasionally to help myself learn where I went wrong, as weird as it may sound, because I look at that and think I don't want to do that again. I don't want to do that again. So they're some of the worst experiences as well. So I don't want people thinking that it, uh, it never happens, because believe me, we've we've all been through them. And it's how you deal with them and how you come out the other side, I think. Yeah, no, that's sound sound advice. And at the end of the day, you've you've made it to the football league now. So, uh, so yeah, just uh, fingers crossed. You'll pass the finish. Yeah, then we'll yeah the other side of lockdown. Yeah, <laughs> um, Andy, we will we will finish there. But thank you very much for your time. No, thank uh, you. you I've you're a brave the, I've man. The benchmark pretty low. You have now. exactly. The next guest, it'll be uh, it'll be a lot easier to shine, I imagine. Um, no, definitely not true. <laughs> definitely not true. Thanks a lot, Andy. Cheers. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another one of our Stoppage Time podcasts. To keep up to date with everything going on at Surrey FA, why not follow us on social media? You'll find us at Surrey FA on Twitter and Facebook, at Surrey County FA on Instagram, and Surrey FA TV on YouTube. Take care, and we'll be back soon with another Surrey FA Stoppage Time podcast. <laughs>